You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to the show. I'm Jay Mack, host in my subterranean bunker and world's worst Jenga player ever. I got it out that time, guys. How about that? Joined by my one of my longtime friends, one of my best friends in the world. Hey, this is Sam Wade out in Los Angeles. Uh, just keeping it real on a Sunday afternoon, uh, spending most of the day inside. And uh, it's been nice. We've got a kind of a spooky show we're going to do today. I don't know if it's spooky, but Sam, how would you describe what we're going to talk about this week? Well, you know, J-Mac, every week, uh, I just want to remind our listeners every week, we we post new episodes every Wednesday, right? But one of the things um, that we like to talk about on the show is, is, you know, we'll take some time to talk about weird things. You know, I mean, the show is mostly about music. It's life through the lens of music because that's a part of our lives and everything that we do. But it's really sometimes an excuse to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And if you ever listen to, uh, if you haven't listened to episode four, and I think it was episode eight, um, on episode four, we talked about something called rando nodding. And then like a few weeks later, we talked about good, good vibes and bad vibes. So sometimes we talk about things that's not just music. This week is one of those weeks, and I'm excited. <laughs> We're going to talk about some things that we don't normally get to talk about, but I'm going to keep that for a secret just for a little bit, J-Mac. Cannot wait to get to this show. I would like to introduce our very special guest. I've known him for quite a long time, not as quite as long as you've known him, but I am actually related to this man. He's my father-in-law, the great Dan Weir. Say what's up, Dan. Hey, good to see you. I'm, uh, I think it's going to be a great time on this show. I know. Absolutely, Dan. It's so good to have you on. It's good to see you. It's been a while since we talked, but I'm really, I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, good. <laughs> well, here, Sam, he was your teacher for years at your at the school you went to. And that's why I said you knew him a long time before I did. I married into the family. Lovely family. <laughs> love being a love be, love being a part of the family. But you knew him in a way like as an authority figure. He he was your teacher. My the first time I met uh, Dan was skateboarding in the school parking lot where you went to school at. And I had I went up to Dan. He probably remembers this. I went up to Dan and asked him for permission to skateboard in the parking lot. And Dan was like, whatever, I don't care whatever you do. Just fine. Just just put your put your damn shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, I remember man? that. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, Dan uh, was one of um, you know, you know, I might I might embarrass you just a little bit, Dan. You're one of my favorite teachers ever, just so you know. And oh, I'm excited you. to talk. Yeah. You uh, you were my teacher in fifth grade and seventh grade. Does that sound right? That sounds right. I think. And yeah, you I had can't a... remember all the all the details. You know, back sure. Then. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. Um, you know, it's 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 been a while, but that's how you know life. Uh, it kind of takes you on these different journeys. But I want you to know, um, and we'll kind of we'll talk about this a little bit later with our subject tonight. But there's a couple things from me that uh, that define who I am now that you kind of set in motion. I don't know All if you right. knew it or not. Yeah. One of those uh, being space. I like to uh, talk about space a lot. We've talked about space on the show before. And there's, it's, you know, we could talk every week about it if we wanted to. 
And uh, that interest in those things uh, is certainly something that has uh, stuck with me for a long time, especially trying to see meteor showers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, I remember yeah. I remember you were kind of the first person I ever really was able to talk to that ever had any. I don't know what I, I don't know if I, you should say I would say experience, but we're going to talk a little bit about UFOs tonight or the possibility of UFOs. And you were one of the guys that kind of knew more about it than anybody I'd known. So I'm just going to call you our UFO expert. Is that is that fine with you? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I, I'm an expert in what I saw for myself and what people who I trusted greatly uh, told me that they saw as well. Ooh, this sounds interesting. Well, Sam, I'm why, excited to talk about. This. Well, Sam, why don't you drop on us? There's something going on in the in the government right now involving the release of some documents. That's right, uh, J Mac. There's um now I, I'm not in a, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm an authority on this subject. Um, but what what I've read in, in several articles, and, and I think that we pulled up uh, an article I sent to to you earlier this week that was on CNN.com. Um, so you know it's you know a fairly trusted news source. Um, in the in the latest uh, COVID relief bill, the, the COVID relief spending bill that went through Congress uh, uh, recently, um, there was a line, a, a section in there that says uh, that U.S. intelligence agencies have 180 days to share what they know about UFOs. Now, look, oh, really? this, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get declassified uh, information like this is classified or I'm sorry, that, that, that will get declassified uh, information. This is like classified information, but from what I've been learning about it um, there, there will be a, a, a information that's classified shared with, um, with Congress. So there's potentially um, the possibility that we might find out some more information on at least what our government has been doing to investigate the subject of UFOs, which I think is really exciting. Well, let's let's be honest yeah. here. There's a lot of information out there that they can't really classify because it's it's unknown what what people are seeing. You sent me some videos, uh, Sam, the blue lights. I have no idea what the heck mm -hmm. that is. So it's kind of like if the government wants to, like, classify it, they got to know what it is. And I, I feel like. More and more, and this is I think this is because more and more people have iPhones. I you always used to say if there were big if if Bigfoot was real and the Loch Ness monster was real, people would have pictures of them. Well, that's that's kind of starting to happen with the UFO thing. And Dan, I don't know how much you've seen, but there there's been a lot of recent things within maybe the last two or three years of completely unexplained things in the skies. And Sam, what do you say? They're not calling them UFOs now. What is the term now they're using? So um, the the official term for the government agencies now is uh, UAP, which stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Um, that was a classification, a, a classification that changed uh, a few years ago. Um, for the longest time, it was suggested for, by by conspiracy nuts. It was painted that that there was that the government uh, was still investigating the subject because their official story was that it stopped all the way back with Project Blue Book, I believe. Um, yeah. Then uh, a few years ago, um, yeah, uh, a few years ago, uh, it was revealed that there is this investigation, the Tic Tac video, you know, these videos of these fighter pilots following something has, has been shown to be at least real UAPs. 
Dan, have you seen that the Navy pilots when they when they had the weird thing in their crosshairs? Did you manage to see that video? No, I did not. It's pretty strange. They're freaking out because they've got something in their crosshairs that they don't know what it is. And I'm really surprised, and I don't know about you guys, I'm surprised that the government let that out. Maybe it snuck out. But what's your opinion on on that? Do you think it was intentionally released or do you think it snuck out? Oh, I think it was snuck out because they don't want people to know. They don't want people to think that it's real, that it's really happening. They just want it to, you know... They just want to keep it under cover. I think that that's absolutely true. I mean, like uh, as far as like, you know, if, if people don't give any kind of credibility to, to the subject, then it makes it easier um, for them to continue their studies without any kind of interference from civilians. And uh, I mean, I think that makes total uh, sense that something like that would happen. These videos I know were, I, uh, I think they were released. Uh, well, at least there was a big press uh, release that they went that they came out through the To the Stars uh, Academy uh, originally. And this is this is the organization that was spearheaded by the dude from Blink One Eighty Two. Do you know about this, J Mac? Travis Barker, the drummer. Um, no, not the drummer. Um, the lead singer guitarist Tom DeLonge. Okay, he had a lifelong uh, interest in UFOs, and he founded um, this organization called To the Stars Academy and said that he was working with someone in the government that then gave him these videos to be released. They weren't confirmed until last year and acknowledged by the U.S. government that they were true uh, UAPs. Now, that's not saying that they're extraterrestrial. I like to keep open to that. I think that there's something to all this. I'm, I, I'm a skeptic on things until I can find uh, reasons to believe in them, but I, I keep my wonder open. And I file this under that category of things that can't be explained. Dan, you're you're somebody yeah. that has always kept your wonder open. You want to kind of explain or just kind of elaborate on your feeling on on the possibility of aliens or spaceship, even even the paranormal. I know you've you're I would say you're probably more of a believer than I am. But as I get older, I mean, I do start to wonder about things. So you want to just elaborate on, on your feelings on, on those type of subjects? Yeah, I I found that uh, originally it was a curiosity and it wasn't something that I definitely believed in, you know, until I had experiences that, so to speak, uh, blew my mind, you know, where it was no doubt, you know, from what I was seeing as far as even the paranormal or, you know, the uh, UAW, what do you call that? Uh, I call it, you know, should I just call it a, UFOs for my yes. sake. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I, I still call it UFOs. <laughs> That's totally yeah. fine. Um, it's a it's a UAP as in Paul is what they're calling it. I just think it's, it's oh, another UAP. way to kind of like disseminate the uh, information. But UFO yeah. is totally fine. Yeah. So um, actually, you know, I mean, when it comes right down to it, it really doesn't matter uh, whether somebody believes and a UFO or not, it's it's not going to change the course of history, at least maybe not at this time. But, yeah. you know, I mean, if you say you saw one and you know you saw it, then uh, it's real to you, you know. So, I mean, I know what I saw. And, um, and I've not just seen one. I have seen uh, many, actually. But it's wow. but here in St. Louis, and ever since I moved to St. 
Lewis, Missouri here. Uh, I've not seen a single one. All the ones I saw were over in the South Bend area of Indiana. South Bend, Mishawaka, Osceola. That's where I, I saw all these objects. I don't, I don't know if there's some kind of base over there or what, <laughs> but I could really tell you some stories of some things that happened over there. But well, let me let me just first yeah, say it's, it's real. let me just first say you that was farm country up there, so there's not a lot around. So if you want to, if just I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Say say you're the government and you want to fly some weird ship that nobody's ever seen, or or an alien that doesn't want to get seen. You're gonna you're not going to fly over a city. You're going to fly over cornfields. Well, actually, yeah, some of it was cornfields, but the the major part of what has been seen over there is uh, or actually over the cities. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not, wow. right, right down in the midst of the cities. I mean, we're, we're talking, it was like seemingly not hiding anything. It was right out in the open. Just brazen right out in the open. Well, sort of like that. Yeah. I got, I got to, I got to hear one of these stories, Dan. Yeah. Lay, you, lay you one on us, Dan. Like give give us time and place, like setting, you know, like kind of kind of take us take us through. What did you see? Okay, I remember. Okay, and this may not be in chronological order, but uh, one that really stood out to me was I was driving my 1961 Chevy Bel Air. Oh yeah, down, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was driving it uh, down Green Lawn Avenue. I, uh, we lived on the corner of Greenlawn Avenue and Garden Lane in Mich in Osceola. It was um, right there by Lincoln Way, uh, the Lincoln Way Highway. <clears throat> and I was just I was heading toward a store. I don't know what store I was going to, but anyways, I was driving down Greenlawn Avenue, and I, I it was really weird because I. I felt like something was following me and I just slowed down. I looked out the window, uh, kind of up, you know, and there was a silver orb. It was perfectly round. And I first thought, well, you know, could this be a weather balloon? Right. And as I looked at it, it wasn't, you know, like blowing in the wind or something. I mean, this thing was about the size of uh, a house. I would say close wow. to the size of a small house. Wow. And what? it was perfectly round. It was reflecting everything around it. It was all like a mirror. And it was moving in a, kind of a wavy pattern. It was but it was real slow. It was kind of like following along with me uh, driving. And I, so I slowed down and I was looking at this thing and I thought, what in the world? And, uh, but my first thought, you know, could this be a weather balloon? But no, it was not because it, it stopped, you know, it's, it followed along is just above the treetops. Oh my and, God. Uh, it followed along and it stopped. And I kind of stopped my, car and i was watching it and uh but then i i started driving on again and it just stayed put 
And I kind of wish I had just parked there and got out of my car and watched it more. But, you know, I was, I, it was like I almost couldn't believe what I saw, but it was definitely not a weather balloon. It was not anything uh, that large man-made that would be perfectly round. I mean, it was a perfectly circular ball, totally reflective. Dan, I'm with you. Dan, I'm with you. I keep driving. If I see that, I mean, I think that's the normal (laughs) human responses. First of all, I'm I'm jealous that you saw something like that because I've seen some a couple weird things in my life, but never that. But I think Sam, what do you think? Do you do you do you get out of your car and wave at it, or do you keep driving? Dan, uh, I mean, first of all, this is an incredible story. Like I, you know, actually, I do remember. I had some had some memories of you telling this story uh, one time uh, when I was younger. I don't know if it was to the entire class or if we were just talking about space at some point. But I did not remember all these details. I mean, so okay, so I want to make sure that I'm understanding what what you just described. Are you saying that when you were driving this thing, like, so okay, so let me back up. First of all you had an awareness that you were being watched and then you looked up and there was something there. And are you saying that this thing was following you and, until you stopped and then it stopped too? Yes. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> well, so, yeah. So, so what, so what happened when you stopped? Did you, did you stop and just look out the window and how long did you do that? Like what happened after that? Not very long. I, I watched it for probably 10 or 15 seconds and um you're like nope nope you know i should you know thinking back now i wish i had gotten out of my car uh-huh. and waved at it or something you know just just <laughs> to see what kind of uh response there might have been because it was it was being driven by somebody because it wasn't just moving in a straight line you know like if the wind was blowing it yeah it would kind of you know but this was kind of waving it was like uh not zigzagging, but it was kind of, it was sort of a zigzag. It just kind of waved back and forth going forward, you know. Wow. Was following the road, you know. And I regret that I hadn't investigated it further. Dan, th- this is, this really is an amazing story. And I'm, I'm so thankful to <laughs> you for, for sharing this on our show. Cause I think that people really, really dig hearing this. Um, and I want to make sure uh, there's just one detail to it. Like, so, so this is in the middle of the day, right? Like what? Yeah. Middle of the day. Right. Like, wow. Yeah. How, how long ago was this? Like what, 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 what year would you say this was? Uh, it was around, um, I would say it was 70, 1973, 1974, somewhere in there. So you wow. would, you would have been in your twenties or like a, like late teens. Am I right? I graduated from high school in 72, so if I would have been 19 or 20. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people might be thinking, well, it could be like drones or it could be like, like, a, like a military drone, but none of the – like I don't even think nope. the F-4 Phantom nope. or, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, Harrier jet was even a thing at this point and in, in the production where they can just kind of float in the air. So the fact that this thing is moving and then stops – there was nothing in the sky at that time that could do anything like that, nope. especially be perfectly round and highly reflective. Yeah, there was no appendages coming off of it, no propeller, nothing like that. It was just 
just like having a oh a steely you know a steel ball just going across the sky you know incredible yeah it was it was an amazing sight and the perfection of it was what another thing that really struck me just how perfect it looked it was it was like you know no way you know it just couldn't be uh um you know, I couldn't see it, how uh, anything, uh, a weather balloon type of thing would ever look like that. Well, let me let me just let me let me just add real quickly here that for those of our skeptics in the crowd, uh, my father-in-law <clears throat> is not a drug addict or a drunk. I don't. He, <laughs> it's true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this guy yeah. is this guy is not dropping LSD and going to the store. Dan is pretty. No. He's pretty straight edge. He's pretty straight lay. So. I mean, it'd be like one thing if one of my knucklehead friends came to me and said, whoa, dude, I smoked some burbage and I saw a UFO. I'd be like, yeah, sure he did. But that is that is yeah. not that is not Dan. That's that's not Dan at all. Um, that's pretty mind-blowing. Um, Sam, what are your thoughts? Well, I'd say that that's a really good point, J-Mec, and I'm, I'm glad you took the, took the time to say that. You know, Dan, you're a very, you know, level-headed guy. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, when this happened, like, we don't really have a reference point in our reality to see something like this. Like, was that something that you reacted to right away? Did, did you think about it for a long time? Or was it like a few weeks later you thought about it and you're like, that was really weird. Like, how did you process this? And did you tell anybody? Actually, I told my parents. Okay. But, and then a, a couple friends of mine. But, you know, I didn't call the police and say, you know, I want to report a you know, I I just knew that it would have been a a joke. You know, if you try to report something like that, so I just kept it to myself. Um, I wrote it. I think I wrote it down. I was looking for my notes. I couldn't find the notes on that one. But um, but I had several other experiences uh, actually with uh, a telescope that I had. And, okay. Uh, no, I, I, and listen, we definitely want to hear those. There's just one point that I want to make for, for you, Dan, because we want to hear every single story you want to share because these yes. are amazing. But I just want to point out something to our listeners. Um, there are these stories, and again, this is like fringe stuff, right? Um, but there's a lot of stories uh, that kind of line up with your experience. I just want to take one moment here just to point out the fact that you felt like something was watching you or like something was there that's a very common experience for people to have when they see this type of phenomenon i don't know if you knew that or not j matt i did not um yeah there's a there's this guy um uh he's he's a doctor um who left his job to focus on uh what he talks about um uh, communicating with these extraterrestrials that he thinks are uh, um, benevolent uh aliens um or they might be extra dimensional too um and he has uh, he's done a, done a few different documentaries the dude's name is uh, dr stephen greer and he has a whole organization that talks about close encounters of the fifth kind which is the name of his latest documentary which whether you believe it or not makes a really really uh, interesting thing to just consider he also has this other really big film called The Unacknowledged that talks about these things. And one of the common threads that happens in these stories is that there is almost like this consciousness where you know that you are um, being watched in a sense or that there's almost like this communication that's happening 
dare I say, telepathically, almost like emotionally with this other thing. Does that ring true with you in this experience? Yes, I think so. Actually, yes. Well, you, you know like, what? Did it... you feel it before you saw it, right? Yeah, I, yeah, when I, yeah, it almost like there was, a, yeah, there was some kind of a communication going there, but, you know, it wasn't anything clear. It was just, I knew some, something was watching me. And, mm -hmm. um, well, that's... And I, I wasn't afraid. There was no fear whatsoever. It was, I felt total peace. It was like, oh, wow, this is unusual. And again, I, I regret not having stayed and just parked off the side of the road and just got out and watched this thing because I, I would have been curious to what, where it would have gone or how, sure. how it left, you know. Um, but yeah, that was just, I'm like, it was so amazing. I never never forgot i can see it in my mind's eye right now it's a beautiful day sun shining trees you know um yeah it was it was something else so it wasn't even trying to hide it wasn't even attempting to to be subversive no it's like no, it, it's like it was it like it was like it didn't care it was like it it knew that nothing could hurt. it was impervious to whatever was around that's that's the weird real strange thing i mean if you're watching government test flights i like i don't i like i know about that i would imagine they're they're done in secret they don't want people to see it but this thing yeah. was right out in the open it, there was no fear you know on its part it was almost like it knew there was nothing on this planet that could do anything to it that's that's the creepy thing to me and 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 feeling it it kind of reminds me of that scene in uh goodfellas where the helicopter's following ray Liotta around i think i think i would have been weirded out I think you're right. I think part of me would have wanted to go, but then I think I, I think I would have regretted leaving. And I think uh, getting out and looking at it would have been it would have been tempting. But I could see how for a 19 year old kid that would have been a little overwhelming. Yeah, I was hesitant for sure. You know, I didn't want to stick around. It seemed uh, I just remember I wanted to move on. I'd never seen anything like it before. Well, now until you did again. Until you did you know, again. I'm, yes. Until it. Yeah. Until it happened again. Right. Well, it was a different, different type of uh, experience uh, after that, or before. Or, yeah, it was after that. Actually, I had some other experiences, but it was through a telescope, and because um, I would look up in the night sky, and I have notes here. It was the I even wrote down the weather conditions. It was chilly, about fifty to fifty-five degrees. Uh, it was very clear sky. I could see the Milky Way, and uh, but I, I saw this object out in the distance, and it was coming up. And it was it was really odd looking. It made me want to get my telescope out because I thought, you know, this is not a helicopter the way it's acting because. It wasn't just a helicopter. If it was a helicopter, what's all these other lights coming up to it? You know, I've got a whole bunch of details written on that, which may not be worth going through all of this. Oh, no, it's absolutely worth going through. So I mean, wait, wait a second. This yeah. this time that you saw this, this object, there was a bunch of lights. Yeah, Can don't don't, don't tease us, Dan. What's going on? This is, I, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, you tell me the end of the story. Oh, well, this object, it had a continuous... Uh, well, let me see here. It says, okay, from about 10 p. 
p.m. to about 10.30 p.m., I watched the object maneuver itself in the sky until it disappeared behind trees close to the horizon. Now, this object had a continuous pulsating glow. Uh, now, this was through my telescope. It says there was no blinking except in the middle of the object. Weird. Amongst the blue, the blue and red glow. The blinking did not last very long for me to see. The pulse of the glow was irregular and fast, about four per second. There may have been less lumin luminescent pulses between the four major pulses. See, so I, I wrote down all these details. Yeah, this um, is amazing. What, I, can you just give us a, a description of what kind of telescope you're using here? Was this like... Okay, it was just a regular uh, TASCO telescope. It was yeah. a, one that my parents bought me when I was uh, 13 years old. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a 100 power telescope. That was the max on it. But it, it gave some really clear uh, yeah. images. So it's just like your your your, your typical uh, refractor telescope. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Okay, go on, please. This is a, this so is all anyway, the details. There were three or four of these flashes that came from this object. Uh, this is apart from the pulsating lights, and uh, so let me see here. Uh, there were lights that appeared to be revolving around no. the center of the object. Uh, the blinking was a very small lights and difficult to see. What? And so I wrote, I drew, drew some little pictures of what I saw. This is, it's very difficult to make it all out here though. Can you, can uh, you hold it up to the camera? I'll describe it for our listeners because this oh, is not well. a podcast. <laughs> I don't We're, think it would make much sense. It's a lot of... Oh my gosh, can you look, describe at, it? look at all those Dude, notes. Dude, that's... Oh my God. That's Man, amazing. Is amazing. That is amazing. It, it is amazing, J-Mac. Can you... Dan, can you describe what you drew? Can you just kind of like... <laughs> well, okay. One here, it says... Um, Often there were spurts of blue, white, and red color flashes that would come out. There was a bluish white and light blue colors, and then red lower half. The red flashes predominantly were in, and I put in pointed errors to where the red flashes were. <laughs> see, see, the thing about this is it's very specific. I don't feel like somebody that that is... How should I say somebody that is saw like 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 so what Sam say a Harrier jet or something like that? Right. I I think there's nothing that he's just that that I can think of that matches his description of what's going on here. I think the the proof that you saw something that is very unexplained is in the amount of detail that you have. Wouldn't you agree, Sam? One hundred percent, one hundred percent, J Mac. Um, Dan, this is incredible. I love the, the, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect anything less from you to have all of this detail in what you recorded. Um, and I think this is incredibly, uh, filed under things that cannot be explained. Absolutely. Well, and let's, let's yeah, talk, let's, yeah. let's talk a minute about the vastness of space. They know that the universe is continuing, continuing to expand. There is yes. an un 
unnumbered amount of possibilities out there. The thing that that makes me wonder about have aliens been here is more along the lines of transportation. How would they get here? But we're talking about, I would say that that if a ship could get here, they're so far ahead of us technologically-wise that there's no way we could possibly grasp what we're seeing. There's no way. Right. Because even, even I guess, what what's the theory? The wormhole theory, like the whole hyperspace theory, if you want to get to the other side of the universe, the quickest ways to find a wormhole to, like, punch through the... Kind of bend space-time, right? Yeah, kind of punch yeah. through the universe, the, the <clears throat> known universe, to get to the other side. But, once again, I feel like if people are to say, out of hand, dismiss things, then I feel like they're really missing how vast the universe is. Dan, aren't I, aren't I right? The universe is continuing to expand at an even greater rate than than previously thought. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, the way the galaxies are dispersed throughout the universe, uh, the Hubble telescope has proven that uh, there was no Big Bang, and uh, actually, the uh, the disbursement of the galaxies is not even like you would think if there was like a big bang at the beginning but instead you have you have clusters of galaxies uh you know like a uh, a million galaxies in in one area that you know is totally out of balance from the rest of the universe you know but they they still they, you know they can't find the end of the universe I'm, I'm sure they don't even know where the beginning is. Either. <laughs> That's but, an interesting subject to talk about too, because I think what's what's interesting too is when the James Webb Telescope goes online. I think now I should have known these these details, but it's it's either later this year or next year it's going to go up into space and begin. Is they're going to be able to see even further through space than what the Hubble uh, was able to? Whoa! And that's just it's just incredible. Let alone the fact that every time you look out look out into the sky and so i'd like to say look out into the sky not look up into the sky because you're actually look we're all living on this spaceship called earth and we're looking out yes. to the universe right right and it's the idea when you look out into the universe the photons that are like i'm gonna get deep here so the so so the photons that were these light particles these photons that were emitted from these stars millions of years ago has been traveling through the sp like space, like literally nothingness of space for millions of years before they even reached our eyes. And you're actually, when you see the universe, you're looking back in time. Yep. That's true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> you know, another thing that's amazing is what we think is real out there right now. I mean, you look around you where you are at this present time and what you think is real on the spectrum, on the electromagnetic spectrum, which takes in light and form and everything, this, what we see around us is just a tiny line, just a little, little line in, you know, that's probably, you know, if you were to compare it to total reality, it's a one little tiny line in the, in the middle of a, a mile long line of, electromagnetic uh, pulses, vibrations, the whole works. And we, what we see is just 
not even a bird's eye view. We don't even have that much to see. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, to say, well, I saw something paranormal or I saw a, a UFO. So what? I mean, that's just a tiny speck yeah. of what's really out there, you know? It's true. Oh, 100%. That's a great way to look at it because there's, you know, keeping that... We, I mentioned earlier about keeping uh, your your wonder open. Yes. Some of that is just being open. Like some of the best scientific discoveries wouldn't have happened if someone didn't wonder why. I mean, that's the whole point of science is we're literally like reverse engineering everything that we experience every single day through long-term observation, building on the knowledge of people who have studied these things, trying to understand what it is actually, right? It's asking the question, mm -hmm. why? Yes. Well, before uh, Dan, I know you got one story here that I've heard before. I don't know if you want to jump to this one or you've got something else, but you said you weren't the only one in your family that saw things that were unexplained. If you want to, do you want to elaborate yeah. on this? Because this is this is the story that that is crystallized in my brain. You told this to me when I was yeah. probably like twenty two, twenty one. It still gives me kind of chills when you talk about it. Why don't you lay that one on us? Uh, my dad, and I respect him, you know, I mean, he's, he's never told me a lie, you know, I mean, he's, he was a kind of a funny guy, you know, and he was, got along really well with people. Amazing. But he worked in Mishawaka, Indiana, down by, uh, the main street bridge. It was called, at the time, it was called Ball Band. It's now called Uniroyal. And uh, he was working with a guy. His name was Floyd Schaefer. And uh, from uh, West Virginia, actually. But they worked together. And my dad told me, you know, he never told me this story until I started talking about me, you know, seeing a UFO and things. He, told, he came out and told me, he said it was the first, and I wrote this, I quoted, I wrote this down in a quote from what my dad said. He said, it was the first time in my life that I had ever seen anything I couldn't believe I saw. I will never forget it, he said. Oh, wow. And his friend uh, Floyd thought it was something that they were experimenting with. So... I have a picture of it here on, that I drew from what my dad. Oh! What? Oh! <laughs> okay, so I'm going to describe this picture um, to our to our listeners. So it, make it go I away. See, <laughs> I see two eyes and a mouth, and it kind of like goes up like this 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 figure it's a shape that goes into uh, not much of a neck into a pointed head then comes down the other side on the they're almost like ghostly it almost makes me it reminds me of the story you told a few uh, episodes ago jay mac about what you saw in the woods oh uh, yeah <laughs> it's 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 like a ghost with one horn on its head it's it's freaking me out dan i i'm freak i'm freaking out that's I've never seen that well, before. That's amazing. My dad now, okay, now let me tell you what actually happened real quick here. My dad said that the, he and Floyd were taking a, a barrel that they were out on the some back porch of the factory. 
and uh, they were going to dump it somewhere. But when they took it out there, he said they both saw this UFO come down what? In, into a, the, a, the area where, right? I mean, he said it was, it was like, it was like uh, 20, 30 feet away. All oh my right. God. I mean, it was really close. When, when, when was this? This was, um, he didn't tell me the date of when it happened. It's the 40s, the 50s? Do you have, a, have an idea? I would say it was probably, it may have been in the early 60s. Okay. Early possibly. 60s. So definitely after the whole like Roswell stuff, like all of these things were happening already at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he said uh, that this craft came down and he said it was about the size of a, of an automobile. Wow. And, uh, but he said it was the, the, the dome, the top of the, of the spacecraft was a dome. It was like a metal dome. Uh-huh. And then there was a, a rim of glass going around the middle. And then the uh, bottom part of the craft was metal. And one side, one end of the flange was longer than the other end. Sweet. Wow. So, but he said that it was, um, no way. He said here it was the size of two. Two cars, I guess. It was diameter about twenty-six feet. He said, "What he told me." So, uh-huh. so it wasn't and, that big. It was, it was smallish. Yeah, uh, twenty-six feet is not really big, you know. I mean, it's about the size of a living room, you know, or something. Um, but he said what my dad always kept telling me. He said this this creature looked. Like it, it had a grasshopper's head. He said the head to him reminded him of a grasshopper. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Terrifying. <laughs> he said that, the, that pointed part on the head was a crest, like a knight's helmet. Oh wow! And he said the eyes shone green, and the head uh, was flush with the body. There was no apparent neck. And he said that this creature had a green cape around him. What? He said the suit was all one piece, at least down to the waist, because you couldn't see below the waist because the glass ended there. And it was like aluminum foil, he said. And uh, the last thing my dad told me about that, he says, don't let anyone fool you to believing it ain't true about flying saucers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you, Sam, yeah, this is, you know, again, you, you set this up by saying that your, your dad was, he never lied to you. You felt like he was a very honest, trustworthy dude that just didn't have time for that kind of a thing. Right. He would not have pulled my leg on that. Yeah. I've heard my dad even tell one of my uncles about that experience. And my uncle which was his brother, was, was making fun of him, you know? And he was saying, oh, no, you didn't really see that. And then my dad was saying, yeah, yeah, I did, you know? And he and he's practically making fun of my dad. But my dad did not back down. He just 
got quiet and said, yeah, you know, it happened, you know, and that was it, you know? Wow. But, uh, so he wasn't like making a joke out of it. You know, it was, it was personal to him. All right. So here's my, here's my thought. When you said it's a smallish craft, what I, what I immediately thought was it was not the main craft. It came from a bigger ship. That's, that's my first thought. Um, oh yeah. Oh, that- there's one more thing I forgot to tell you. Something else my dad said that this craft, he said, it rose up again. And he said it went over above the river. It was the St. Joseph River. He said it went down like it was going down to the river. And then it was moving to go under the bridge. And um, wow. so that was, he, he saw it move away. You know, and But he thought that it went actually ended up going down into the river. Wow. That's amazing. I I love it. That is amazing. You know, this, the the whole story of, you know, J Mac, you mentioned it earlier, this, this blue light in the sky, what you were uh, uh, referencing is something that's happened just a few weeks ago in Oahu, I believe. Yep. Um, People saw this blue light flying in the sky over Hawaii um, it was in the evening and then it actually, it, it, it was either it went into the water or it came out of the water. Somehow it was tied to that. So when you talk about your father seeing something that went into the water, it kind of lines up again with kind of these, these ideas, which at the very least brings some credibility to the story that it's something that can't be explained. Mm-hmm. Another thing about that river is I have never seen a river that behaves like this St. Joseph River. Because as a kid, I would always explore up and down the river banks. And, uh, and what was amazing is there were these huge whirlpools in the river. Huh. And, you know, like uh, in a bathtub when the water is draining yeah. out. Well, you know, you take a drain hole instead of a couple inches, like in a bathtub, it was several feet wide, these holes of drain, you know, like drain holes. And they were up and down the river frequently. And it makes me wonder, you know, what, what was draining down in there? You know, what was underneath causing all that to go on? (laughs) That's really really bizarre. And and this was, this was again, uh, was this in uh, Indiana as well? Yeah. Indiana. Uh, in Mishawaka, Indiana, it's right next to South Bend. Okay. Uh, and Mishawaka, and it was by the Main Street Bridge. Uh, Uniroyal is right there, and the St. Joseph River runs under that bridge. That's, this, a- that's so interesting. I want to go back and like look and see if there's any been any other reports from these areas that you mentioned too. Um, well, my dad had mentioned some guy at the factory that before my dad experienced what he did, what I told you about, there was a guy that came in and he was white as a sheet. He was terrified. And he was saying he saw uh, a UFO or aliens or something like that. And he was beside himself. And, and dad said that, you know, everybody was looking at him like, Oh boy, this guy's tripped out, you know. I mean, he's yeah. had uh, 
you know, has been seeing things or something, you know, wow. but, but there were, there were other people that were seeing stuff around there. Okay. Man, the, the, I, I got to say, J Mac, these are some crazy stories. They um, are, they are, yeah. they are Dan. And we're almost out of time for this week's show. Before we go, I would like to say thank you for coming on. And before Sam, you got any, any questions before I sign off, before we sign off here? Well, I mean, the one thing that I just wanted to say, uh, again, thank you, Dan, for for everything that you sparked in creativity in me when I was young. I mean, there's so many things um, that that tie back to this this subject. I mean, uh, we didn't even talk about how you used to take time in class to sing songs and some of my early, you know, ideas of performing. Uh, came from some of these amazing songs that I that I heard. I remember you playing at Ballad of the Green Beret. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you did that Johnny Cash song, Don't Take Your Guns to Town. Boy, or Leave Your Guns at Home Bill. <laughs> no. Oh, I forgot I sang that one. Yeah. So many like different things um, you, uh, sparked the curiosity about, about the universe. One of the things I was, I was going to tell you earlier, J-Mac, and Dan, tell me real quick, if you remember this, you had this box of like parts of like motors and different electronics. And you're like, just take some time, take it apart see how it's put together. <laughs> that, that became like just a philosophy for so many things in life that happened uh, with these, <laughs> yeah. these uh, creative ideas that you sparked. So I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, thank you. That's great. Well, Dan, <laughs> I, w- I would love for you to come on again. You, I think we've got a lot to talk about. This is a show where we like to have guests on. Uh, I think it's fun to have interesting people. You're you're one of my favorite people in the world. You're very interesting. You're very funny. You've got a unique perspective on things, which is so important to maintaining what what Sam says that wonder of life that that to keep you imagining and keep you cur- right. keep you curious. So until next week, for two tape decks and a mixing board, I'm Jay Mack, and I'm Sam Wade, and I'm Dan Weir. Saying stay, stay cosmic. cosmic.